of Funny Looks, the podcast where I speak to performers about the clothes they wear, featuring special guest Kat Hepburn, scriptwriter, spoken word artist and educator. She has just released an amazing book of poetry and short stories called Dating and Other Hobbies. Welcome Kat Hepburn, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. I, I'm full of coffee. Um... <laughs> And yeah, and I'm feeling quite quite zen today, actually. So I am good. How are you? I am good. I'm still buzzing off my tits from hosting your book launch the other day <laughs> on Zoom. Um, Kat very kindly asked me to host the book launch and it was awesome because... Um, the book itself has a really strong aesthetic, like the color scheme. It's like purple, pink, yellow, which are also three of my favorite colors for my own aesthetic. So hosting that was just such a joy to kind of slot in with your um, your look. So oh, yeah. describe what you actually wore on that because that was an iconic look. I've been thinking about it a lot, reflecting reflecting <laughs> that sounds creepy yeah, I've, <laughs> I, I've been reflecting as well um <laughs> it was a lilac two-piece off the shoulder bardo top crop top uh in very stretchy material which helped because the yeah the flares were quite like figure hugging but as with all zoom calls you could only see the top half half so um i yeah, I wanted something that would look good as a whole, but also show off the clavicles, have a bit of yes. like upper shoulder action. So yeah, but I, I I actually like, it was one of those ones that I'd ordered really last minute. I think I was like messaging you in a panic quite a lot before <laughs> because I didn't know what I wanted to wear that would match the front cover of the book, which has the <laughs> lilac kind of finish. So yeah, and then I just, it fitted like a glove and I loved it and I felt really like hot and cool in it and special and just, yeah. It all clicked together. Yeah, and so is that what you often go for? So when you're like getting ready to do a gig, because I know you also, you host um, a spoken word house party called Sonnet Youth, which um, used to take place in venues all around Scotland and has now been taking place online, Sonnet Youth Social Club. Would you say those... Um, three things that you just mentioned that I've now forgotten because <laughs> would you say would you say that they're important I think you said like sexy <laughs> did you say hot or sexy hot and special but I describe I feel like describing myself as, as those things has made me sound like a total wanker but yeah I I try and like I try and feel like those three things 
really um, at all stages of the day, but especially <laughs> when I'm filming, because I think like you don't want to be a host and be wearing something that looks like, I don't know, for lack of another word, daggy. You want to look like you've spruced up a little bit to try and, yeah, just like kick off the tone of the night. So I do try, but... I'm always wearing joggies. Like I'm like I just never make an effort with my bottom half at the moment. I'm sure lots of people are saying this to you at the moment. It's just like, why why bother when you can be like comfortable and yeah. So it's like the same like minging pair of joggies that I've been wearing <laughs> for about nine months. Um, and then like I'll make effort in the top half. Yes, I mean, so it's like you you kind of look sexy, hot, and special. Um would just you know on like a zoom box or um yeah yeah on like live gigs and that takes a lot of kind of like accessorizing and you know I noticed that you do like pay a lot of like attention to like what earrings you're wearing with what outfit you know yeah I feel like you put a lot of effort into it um as well as that though I have noticed that you do like to like post the full look on the gram <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like the gig gets the top half, but the gram. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like on your book launch, the gram got to see the yeah. full look and purple slippers, which unfortunately <laughs> my, my my Jeffrey Campbell slippers. Yeah, they were they accidentally matched the outfit. That's just my slippers that oh, right. every day, but they've they've got like they're furry. They're like furry sliders with giant like pearls like <laughs> attached all over them so yeah they sort of fitted in with the aesthetic so yeah the bts like content <laughs> the full the full frontal look goes on the gram but um but yeah if you if you pay money you just get to see the top half <laughs> you need to get a patreon that's like just for the bottom half of your outfits <laughs> people can pay i know because i love wearing different slippers like i do and i love like wearing little socks with like flames on them and hearts it just gives me a little bit of joy and i think because i work from home i work solo quite a lot of the time even when i'm collaborating it's just always over like you know video calls so a little sock with a love heart on it will make me feel less like down about life, I think. <laughs> That's really nice. So it's like you dress for you as well as dressing for the, the public, the yeah, audience. My, my public. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> Your fans. My fans. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so you pay attention to the details like on Zoom and in the details that are just for you but when you used to do live gigs which you know will be coming back at some point I did notice that you know you used to always wear really cool trainers like the latest shoe and often like (laughs) bright white cool trainers is that did you because I asked people this do you think the audience like noticed that shit I noticed that shit as an audience member but do you think people notice I don't know if people noticed, but I think that it's important when you're on stage to think about the whole look. So I would quite often like go like walk to the gig in certain shoes and then get changed there and just have like gig trainers. Oh, this is blowing my mind, Kat. This <laughs> so, is yeah. 
It would keep them clean, so I wouldn't use them for like day. I would use them just for gigs. But it meant that they were always like bright white because I'd literally just be standing on a stage and then doing like a bit of mingling, um, like after the show. But um, I'm quite insulted actually because one of the pairs of trainers that you're talking about, the bright white ones, someone made a meme out of them um, and they said if twenty if twenty twenty was a shoe and it was that shoe, was it the feelers? The white feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've called off hate online. They they seem to have the same kind of I don't know, the highs and lows of like a pop star. Do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they came up really quick and they were really popular. <laughs> and then the media destroyed them, which is I don't yeah. think is fair on pop stars. I and think- it's certainly not fair on those shoes. <laughs> No, you're totally right. They 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 peaked too soon, really. Those <laughs> shoes, but I was still wearing them until I saw that meme, and now they're my like go to the shop and get toilet roll shoes like that. They've, they've been downgraded. <laughs> oh, how far they have fallen. Um, so they they have literally gone from your gig shoes, where you would only wear them on the stage, <laughs> and it's all because of this one meme. This one meme just totally changed my opinion because I was like, and then I was like to my friend, like, I think they're really cool. And she was like, oh, no, they're like really basic. Like, we've all been thinking it. So, yeah. Oh, this this is like the, oh, you know what? I was not expecting that you had gig shoes. That is like, that piece of info is like blown my mind. I love it so much. I feel like that's like, su- like sums up why I started doing this podcast because I love that level of attention um I also love it when people don't have that level of attention I find it really interesting (laughs) to like hear everybody's different like approach to Mm -hmm. gigs um so I thought man it's so funny that I used to just think wow Kat's shoes are always so (laughs) pristine (laughs) but like if you didn't just keep them for gigs then they would get like gobbed because <laughs> in Scotland when you're going from like the venue to train station <laughs> to pub or whatever it's like you know they look you look like you've been like going a tea in the park after like <laughs> a couple of weekends so you need to do the gig show thing well that's what I'll be doing in the future that's my takeaway from I know we're <laughs> going to be talking for much longer but I just <laughs> this is my takeaway well look I'm glad that I've given you... I'm glad that you've got something out of today. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, blow my mind. Um, Another thing that you do, which... Or I don't know if you've done this before, but for your book launch, this is another mm-hmm. very iconic thing that you did. I'm like such a fangirl. <laughs> I'm like such a fangirl. You got na- like acrylic... Not acrylic nails. Well, they acrylic. You got your nails done um, to match your book cover. That yeah. is iconic. I'm upset. Everybody yeah. lost their shit on Instagram about this. <laughs> <laughs> Explain the whole, um, the decision, the process, how it made you feel. Just just explain the whole, I was going to say vibe, but I'm trying really hard not to say vibe. I'm trying so hard. Explain the whole situation there we go that's that's it you've just replaced your 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 like i was gonna say slogan (laughs) your tag tagline um i i'm gonna explain the situation so (laughs) 
I went to the nail tech and I love getting my nails done. They're, they are kind of like acrylics, but they're called Gel X. So it's like a similar kind of vibe, <laughs> similar situation. Um, and the nail tech had said to me, I told her I was um, bringing a book out. And then I showed her the cover and she was like, I think I can make your nails look like that cover. So we were like DMing loads and like loads uh, back and forth, coming up with a concept. And then we, we settled on having the love heart of the book is like a character or yeah she's a character in the front cover and she's like smoking a joint and like she has a glass of wine in between her feet and she's like swinging on an iphone and um (laughs) so we have her like (laughs) we have her and my thumb and then we have our arms like outstretched across every nail and then my pinky nail on my left is a little hand holding a tiny little joint that's even got smoke coming out of it (laughs) And then whoever thought I would say tiny little joint in that uh, tone. <laughs> and then on my right hand, it's a little glass of wine with wine pouring out of it. So, yeah, um, I yeah, I just wanted to make a bit of an effort. It was my book launch. It wasn't happening in real life. So I just like, yeah, spent loads of money on Diamante jewellery and getting my nails done. The Diamante choker. How could I forget yeah. that finishing touch? And the matching earrings that were in shape of a love heart. I, how could I forget about those key accessories when I first introduced the fact that you wore such a great look for your book launch? That's why this is an interview and I get to ask you about it. Um, <laughs> that's so cool about the nails and the fact that you did that. Um, it's kind of like a lot for you, right? Like a lot for how it like made you feel. Yeah, it, it's just like for me... I always feel better when I've got my nails on and I I love like the artistry of it as well like women that or or men or whoever who does who do nail like art they're so talented and artistic and I just I just love the artistry of it and I just feel like they give me a little bit of like something extra like I would rather have my nails done than wear any makeup on my face wow and you can just roll out of bed and they're there at the end of your fingers. So you don't have to do anything. It's so You can still cool. kind of look a bit sassy. Yeah. And I feel like um, at your launch, everybody was just like, that is cool. Everyone was like big respect for the nails. Um, I wanted to actually go back and we've talked kind of about your current aesthetic for dating and other hobbies. But what people might mm-hmm. not know is that like all the best artists... Kat has gone from one aesthetic to a new one and kind of like into a new era. But let's go back to the old school. Let's go back to your aesthetic for your first book because that was a little bit different, wasn't it? Yeah, so... Yep, so that was um, still a lot of cropped stuff going on. But it was essentially, it was a a, a tracksuit that my friend had given me uh, at like a girl's weekend away. I think she'd bought it from like a charity shop or something as like a joke. And it was like really, really thin, like 90s, like flammable, pink, uh, zippy kind of cord. Um, so I used to wear that with, well, for my book launch for Girlhood, that's what I wore with the uh, If 2020 Were a Meme uh, gig trainers. And I had a little like Bardot top, but it was black. So kind of same, same, but different. I evolved slightly, but um, when it came to 
turning girlhood into a show, I realised that like a sweaty, um, plasticky tracksuit in an attic venue in the middle of August, <laughs> which is like a really muggy, horrible month in Scotland, wasn't the best plan. So I had to get rid of the trousers and replace them with <laughs> pink cycling shorts. Um which had their pros and <laughs> cons. How, how did you feel? <laughs> <laughs> massive pros, massive cons. <laughs> so I already know them, I think. <laughs> but how um Well if you sat in the front row you would know. <laughs> um what what were the pros? <laughs> so the pros were there was a lot of slot dropping um, and I used that phrase in a sex positive way. Um, it got taken out of an article that I wrote, that I got interviewed uh, for recently. They took it out because I guess it didn't fit in with like, I don't know, their readership or whatever. But anyway, set, so I did a lot of jumping about on stage, slot dropping, a few dance moves. So they enabled me to move about in the same way as when you're cycling, you can, you know, cycle along and everything's kind of sucked in mm. um so that was the main pro and it took a while to get to these shorts as well there was a lot of buying stuff sending it back um because I produced and wrote and directed and starred in this show myself I was kind of my costume person as well as like everything else so I had to yeah it was just a bit of trial and error but I was uh, it, it, they enabled me to move and they sucked me in to a certain extent they sucked me in um, because they were extremely tight <laughs> so that's what the pros were and the cons were just to do with like um, how sweaty I got <laughs> and how I think like I think I just had to let go of my self-consciousness about what parts of my body were sweating during that show because it was like I was jumping about it was like an attic venue and the some shows were so hot that I got like mad sweat patches in different places that I don't usually sweat. And I remember speaking to John McMustard about it and he was saying performing sweat is a different kind of sweat from <gasps> other type of sweat. Did you know this? Oh, I love that. That's He's such a nice man and so supportive <laughs> of artists. <laughs> and I just feel like that's a really nice... <laughs> But did, do you think he was just trying to make me feel better about my fanny sweating on stage? Yeah, <laughs> but I like that because I, I thought you meant not that it was like chemically different, but that actually different areas. It's but it also it's viewed differently, is how I heard that. You know, it's like when you see a performer sweating, you think, "Yes, I love that." Actually, when I see anybody sweating, I generally just <laughs> kind of respect it. Do you know what I mean? Like when I see someone running and sweating, I'm like, "Yes, like come on." I think yeah. Um, I think that it shows that you've been working like physically hard mm -hmm. and, and it was, it was a physically demanding thing mm -hmm. and the sweat, like I was, my t-shirt was like wet after Sick. most shows, especially when like the, um, I mean you had a fucking wig on as well, I don't know how you managed it but um, yeah, it's it's hot, it's sweaty and the lights are unforgiving yeah so, and the shorts were unforgiving as well but they enabled me to to move about and I, and that had to be the most important thing mm -hmm. and from a distance they looked quite cool as well they were bright pink and they fitted with 
the aesthetic of the show. Yeah, I, I love that outfit. And also what I really love um, about your work is it kind of all fits into the aesthetic. It's like not just about the clothes. It's like um, how they fit in in the broader picture of your work. So the music, um, the book itself was like bright white, quite a shiny finish, I feel yeah or am I just visualizing it's shiny but in my head I'm like it's shiny um but like and that your promo pics were like you in the pink tracksuit that you wore at your original launch with like cute notebooks like it all just kind of fits you know into like a world that you inhabit and we share with you and Mm -hmm. a lot of it a lot of that show was quite nostalgic yeah and I think your colors of the of the promo the look helped us as the audience to connect with those feelings and those experiences that you were talking about so you're talking a lot about growing up it it was called girlhood hashtag girlhood on the book um so yeah I just I think like it shows that you put a lot of thought and effort into it and you you do that by yourself you said you you do that you're the you're the brains like you're that you don't have like you know I'm I'm the back end <laughs> of the horse and the front <laughs> yeah I do everything myself I mean obviously like we I do collaborate and mm-hmm. I had an amazing assistant director who's also a spoken word artist in our own right Erin mm-hmm. Boyle for the show but mostly doing stuff by myself and I'm yeah it's just really nice to hear that you you saw the world that I'd built and you understood it and connected with it as an audience because that's what it was like all about. Um, and I enjoy it as well. I think I could have put in less effort and all that stuff, but like I wanted to do it. It's not like I felt like I had to. I just wanted to to add to the the whole, I guess, like message of the book and where the book was set um, and how, as you say, nostalgic it was. I wanted it to be like a fun journey through girlhood and girlhood to me is those colors um and it is the you know the spice girls and it is chunky white trainers so yeah I suppose it's it connected aesthetically with people of our kind of age group but thematically hopefully connected to other ages and genders that's really cool um and I was just thinking there there's definitely um, a big influence for both of our work from like pop stars. Um, and ha- who w- are your big influences who maybe aren't from the world uh, that you're in creatively, but are actually people that you looked up to growing up? So my biggest style influence uh, is and always will be Kath from Kath and Kim. I actually haven't comedy. watched that yet. Like I'm so, so I feel like I can't be like, yeah, but... I feel like I shit. think if <laughs> I think if you had seen it, you would you would agree that she's a total icon. She wears like we like high waisted stuff and is quite garish and colorful. And she always takes things like slightly too far. She is like a middle aged Melbourne maw, <laughs> um, and it's written by two women who and it's acted the two main characters Kath and Kim play like mother and daughter but yeah she's just like loud and colorful and ridiculous and I just yeah I I just think I love all, all her clothes 
version of the stuff that was uh, popular. So, like, you know, you were talking about, like, Dunlop earlier. I would never mm-hmm. get the shoe. I would get, like, the cheaper version <laughs> of the shoe or, like, even, like, even not the cheaper, just the different one. So it's, like, it didn't mm-hmm. have the same you know, it didn't carry the same clout or the same kudos. Like, remember when those bags with the strings were really in, like, on your back, <laughs> that you would pull the string yeah. and they're kind of tear uh, teardrop shaped. And yeah. everyone used to have them, like, all the hot girls in the year above, who I still in my head see as, like, better at, better than me in this kind of weird hierarchy. Like, people in the year above, I've got this weird thing that I'm like... <laughs> They're like just so much cooler. No matter what they've done with their lives, they will just always be cooler because they're in the year above. And they had, she had like, they all had all the sort of popular girls, inverted commas, had these teardrop shaped bags from Nike. And I asked my mum to get me one and she got me an Alessi one and it was like dead stiff. So it didn't have the same like (laughs) flexibility. And I remember like almost crying, like it's the wrong one. You know, you get so upset when you're a teenager. And yeah, but but that just happened like so many times. I mean, I, when I was like seven years old, I went into school with like a polo neck and a one hoop earring. So I think like, yeah, that's what happens when you grow up in the country. One hoop? Yeah. I just... Was that like a style choice? <laughs> oh my God, I also had hair. Wait, so we, why? I also had hair your length, which... Obviously, your hair is gorgeous, but like as a seven-year-old, like getting my head shaved was quite like traumatic. <laughs> but um, yeah, just for like health reasons, I had to get my all my head shaved. I also had shaved head at one single hoop and a white polo neck with like a baggy like sweat top over it. <laughs> kind of like how like young hot hipstery guys like dress now. But as a seven-year-old, it was mortifying. But yeah, the single hoop wasn't a style choice. <laughs> My my uh, my other one fell out and just they didn't like it didn't get re-pierced for like years so I just had one single like <laughs> <laughs> wow there was a lot to unpack think- there sorry <laughs> <laughs> I know there really is you know when you said gig shoes I was like you know that's kind of on the surface this feels deeper yeah. um do you think that's almost why you're like so like obsessed with clothes now because you get the control you can buy the feeler shoes which you've now hate but it's (laughs) fine you can buy like the latest looks like because you don't have like parental figures well I think yeah I mean I guess like every (laughs) adult has the joy of that I'm not like particularly like traumatized about not getting like the cool trainers but I do I do feel a certain like agency and empowerment from from being able to like choose my own like style and look and and yeah and having I guess having quite a kind of fraught a uh, mother daughter thing going on as many of us do it's like when you get to a certain age and you can buy your own stuff that's just like it's like the world just opens up so so yeah, yeah, I do. I I I don't think it's informed it to the point of it being like the reason, but I think there's definitely mm. stuff at play there of being like, um, yeah, I I don't have to wear what I'm being told to anymore, which is yeah a total luxury and a privilege. Mm. 
feel like when I used to watch MTV, it definitely made me want to become a performer or become yeah. like a pop star. And I'm not like necessarily a pop star, but I do take that into comedy, I think. And I feel like you mm-hmm. take that into like poetry. Like you've basically like, you're a poet slash pop star in my opinion. Do you agree with that? Well, thank you for saying that. That's so lovely. Um, I think like that's what I like see myself as. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we should all be like the we've all got like our inner childs for example that we're all like you know we're in we're in touch with that or rather we should be and it's like about nurturing what that what our kind of inner child wants and needs and I feel like I've always wanted to be like many we girls a successful you know writer slash like pop star and having you know a job where you're able to stand on stage or share your work and get and get feedback from it people enjoying it people liking it or whatever I think that's that's giving something to my inner child and it's an exciting joy that we both have in our careers but thank you for calling me a pop star I'm just basically (laughs) going to be cheesing for the rest of the day I love it because yeah I feel I feel like that inside (laughs) but I think we should we all should you know yeah and um if you feel like that inside, would you say that you dress the same off stage as you are when you're on stage or taking promo pics? Is there much of a a difference? Yeah, there's a huge difference. I <laughs> would only ever really make an effort if I know I'm getting my photo taken. Uh, if I'm not getting my photo taken, I dress quite like not. I'm not photo ready. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like I'm in joggies all the time. Um, comfort is so important to me and I feel like a lot of performing is uncomfortable like we have to sit a certain way we have to uh, have our faces in a certain way when you're doing like all these um, things where people are looking at you you can't sit with your natural face mine mine happens to be a resty bitching face but I can't do that so it's like I get like a sore jaw so it's like when I'm not doing that and you know you, you have to like prop things up and blah 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 when I'm not in that space, I enjoy just like letting it all hang out, like letting my resty bitch face just do its thing and just being like comfy and loose, comfortable like clothes. Mm. Um so yeah, I every every time it's the every time it's for like promo or a photo or a gig, it's been a deliberate like I'm getting changed now. Sometimes I get changed five times a day. I know that sounds really bad, but if I have five different things that I'm doing and I do do a lot of different stuff like as you mentioned in the intro I do educational stuff I I, I don't have something that would like you know take me through those five different jobs so it would always be an outfit change but it's always starts off with um something comfy and then for my first thing I'll change and then for my second thing I'll change but yeah I I do I change (coughs) excuse me I change my clothes a lot um and yeah is that is that really weird that I do that? <laughs> no, I I really don't think that's weird. Um, and I, yeah, like I think if you're doing, you know, work with education, like you know, you are gonna dress differently for that. It's like a different um, a different thing. But also, like you talked about how you wear trackies or like comfy clothes. But when you used to host Sonnet Youth, um. And the gigs that I've done with you at Sonnet Youth, uh, you did kind of rock quite regularly, like a 
tracky, but like it was like kind of sports lux. I think that's yeah. what you call it. Um, which is something that I think has been around since the nineties, but I think nowadays people it's one of the newest um it's one of the newest fashion buzzwords isn't it because i feel like there was Mm -hmm. like what was the other one before that i'm trying to think um is it like athleisure wear is that the same thing yeah well i think i think like the difference there is a nuance i've been trying to use this word on the podcast so boom did it this time (laughs) there's a nuance between like um, athleisure and luxe sportswear. Wow, I can't believe I just said that. But athleisure, I feel like, is like people day to day going to the shops looking hot, you know, and <laughs> sound crazy. And then the sports, <laughs> the sports luxe, like one up from that. Then yeah. it's like sports. Yeah. So yeah, so athleisure is my day to day then, and then sports <laughs> luxe is what I do for a gig. So you dress a lot for yourself um, to make like, you feel a certain way. How much do you dress, like how much do you think about the audience and what they're going to think of you? Like mm. what's the thinking behind yeah. that? Yeah, very, very little, I think, because you can't really control what other people think of you. You can just make yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's slightly different. Like if it was a, if it's in real life, if it's a real life gig, I would I, I would think about like the backdrop, the color of the backdrop of whatever venue I was going to. So like some are really like, well, most are, are kind of black. So I would not wear black and things like that. But yeah, in terms of in terms of trying to predict what someone's going to think of a certain outfit, you could just tie yourself up in knots. I think it's important to just be like, how do I feel in it? Do I look good in it? Or do I think I look good? Um, and as soon as you're in something that you feel good in, I think you then exude that kind of confidence. So, yeah, I don't I don't pay too much. I don't think about it too much because I've got enough to think about. <laughs> My life is so busy. That's interesting. <laughs> Because, like, a lot of people do. And I, d- I actually mm. don't know if this is more of a comedy thing because sometimes, I've discussed this with other people, The <laughs> what you wear can actually control how much an audience laughs, you know? So... Yeah. Um, which makes me sad, <laughs> actually. Um, yeah. But, like, sometimes, like... Um, when I have dressed sexy as fuck, which I do sometimes, um, like the audience haven't reacted that well. But if I dress like, you know, the tracksuit, the wig, people are like, oh yeah, we can laugh at this bitch. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's weird. It's a weird thing. So I guess I didn't really know that maybe like spoken word and poetry there's a, maybe a slightly different relationship between the audience and the poet like i think the poet is like in a real position of power and authority you know like uh, yeah and and self-expression i think it's embraced like mm-hmm. i totally agree i think there is a different relationship between what the audience thinks of you and what you're wearing when it is comedy and poetry you know, you'll know like yourself about all the female comics in America who are 
pigeonholed if they you know if they work out and if they wear certain things that's just kind of how people see them and there's been a lot of like there's been a lot of pushback I think recently of women just being like like embracing the the embracing being hot and just being like I know I'm here to make you laugh but I can also wear a low-cut top and a mini skirt because I think there's been a a long history of if you dress kind of nondescript then your material can do the talking and the audience isn't judging you I think it's probably men that are judging more than women in an audience Mm -hmm. and going and and even if it's something in like their animal brain going oh so she's sexy so I can't find her funny at the same time Mm -hmm. but I think you managed to because you've carved out your own sort of special niche and what your look is Mm -hmm. and your material and you've found a way to marry marry those two things together Mm -hmm. so that the tracksuits and stuff can be a little bit clowny Mm -hmm. and 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 goofier and everyone's on that kind of journey with you Mm -hmm. but when you come out wearing the sexier stuff it's like well we appreciate you as a you know young woman who's in charge of her own sexuality and is and is going to make um you know anecdotes about about what it's like to be that kind of person so Mm -hmm. I think it's great that people are being able to dress how they how they like, but I definitely think it affects female comics way more than it affects spoken word artists. We've hired spoken word uh, artists on Sonic Youth that have literally gone on to perform a poem, and you can see both their nipples, mm-hmm. and uh, no one like no one bats an eyelid because it's like poetry is free and about expressing yourself and it's about you know being a little bit on the fringes of society and no one understanding you and art and and actually I don't think that's what comedy is fully about so I think you've got you've got another layer of um difficulty to get through before you have people on your side interesting um that is something that I noticed performing at your nights was like the audiences were different and a lot of comedians that I know because Sonnet Youth, the night would be a mixture of music, spoken word, comedy. So a lot of my friends on the circuit who also performed at your night would always go, oh, there's such a nice audience. Yeah. <laughs> and Sonnet Youth, like everyone, everybody would come back, you know, and they'd come back to the comedy scene and they'd have a new lease of life. <laughs> and they'd be- have a spring in their step. Um, and yeah they (laughs) but like what was it like for you because because you're booking comedians and musicians and poets at your night did you feel like the audience was a bit broader than your usual spoken word nights that you'd perform at so your actual night that you curated did you bring and draw in a sort of different kind of audience I just said that question in like three different ways for like two minutes but it's fine (laughs) (laughs) I I think so I think that you we Sonnet Youth would attract students would attract writers would attract all different types of people um you know one of our biggest fans is technically an OAP and yeah so I think we do because we've got that kind of variety in the show we appeal to lots of different demographics and I think rather than going to like an out and out comedy show and you're like right I'm coming to this show and people are going to make me laugh I think that Sonic Youth audiences are come would come to our show and be like I'm going to a Sonic Youth show and I am going to be surprised I'm going to laugh and I'm going to see some unusual art and I might not love everything but 
I'll connect with something and you just don't know what's going to happen next. So I think, yeah, we we attract a, an eclectic type of audience member, but I think that's, yeah, it's totally reflected by the lineup that we were so adamant that we wanted to put together from the beginning because we just thought poetry is good, but it's not like that good. No, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's... That's the takeaway. No, I'm bit, joking. That's the sound bite. I'm gonna my career will be in flames after this. Um, no, I I think that poetry is good, but it can get a bit samey for audiences and for for performers. Interesting. Um, I was just like reflecting there that, funnily enough, very rarely have I worn a dress to do comedy. Very rarely, and I wore like a little Fred Perry once to do your night, which subconsciously would have been because of the vibe that is created from your what you curate <laughs> created hey. by the curate cre- create <laughs> i'm a creative curator yes by so day. i think like i think that's that like just reflects the, the kind of audiences that you're bringing in because i'd done your night a couple of times and then i started to dress like that clothes clubber guns stuff clothes clubber I can't get so I just think it's really cool that you dress for you and you think that like because you think you look good and, and you think that you look good but you actually look <laughs> shit uh, that's the end of the show no what I was saying is like it's nice to know that you dress to make yourself feel a certain way and that's what you think will make the gig go well. And that's a really cool way of doing things. Is that the vibe? <laughs> that is, that's a general vibe. I think like I'm a, I'm a sensitive, like extroverted, introvert Cancerian who, who has a very like, uh, there's a lot going on in my inner world. So I like to, um, it's about how I feel, how things feel feel I'm very feeling it's all about that so yeah if I was to give any advice to anyone um about like fashion or clothes it's like what do you feel good in because as soon as you're feeling hot sexy special (laughs) (laughs) then your life your life will be complete oh my god everyone else will will get those uh, vibes off you too so aye oh my god that is such a great way to wrap up this amazing episode of funny looks why was it amazing two words gig shoes but much much more (laughs) and um (laughs) you will see cat hepburn online on a stage wearing an outfit that makes her feel awesome probably featuring a new shiny pair of white trainers and an iconic <laughs> sports locks outfit. Clothes, clubber, guns, stuff. Clothes, clubber, I can't get enough, no. Thank you so much, Cat Heaven, for coming and being an amazing guest on Funny Look. Thank you for having me. Clothes, clubber, guns, stuff. Clothes, clubber, I can't get enough, no. It's Funny Looks, yeah. It's Funny Looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, 
Close, 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 close